Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for Common Sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby standing for truth, justice, and the American way. Bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Well, thank God it's Friday and uh, hopefully the sun will shine and we won't have a hurricane in the studio with us. We have no Republicans. They took it off. I mean, my God. We have two common-sense Democrats, Governor David Patterson, Judge Richard Weinberg. And, uh, Judge, today's a special day for you. You're, you're Jewish, and uh, I, I understand uh, the Jewish community, they uh, blow the chauffeur. That's correct. Tonight is the beginning of Rosh Hashanah. One of my dear friends for over 30 years we, with us today is Rabbi Schneier of the Parky Synagogue. Rabbi, uh, have a great new year. Have a great holiday. Uh, please, can we have a blessing or, or tell us a little bit about Rosh Hashanah? Thank you, my dear friend. Uh, I'm having you and your family and my own family, of course, uh, in my prayers. But not only do we pray for our loved ones, but we pray for a world that is facing a crisis in many ways, Rosh Hashanah is really the birthday of the world. Whatever happens in the world affects each one of us. And we are in the midst of great changes, and changes that require faith, not fear, hope. Because when you lose hope, then you give up. Uh, and the only way we're going to solve the revolutionary changes that are taking place, united, united. Uh, we have the United Nations General Assembly gathering. It's a time of division. We need a time of cooperation. Uh, but I'm very, very hopeful. Just as after the tragedy of 9-11, we rebuild. Every conflict comes to an end. So we're going to see a bright future also for our country and antipolarization and a blessing for a divided world today, but with hope we can gain in confidence for the future. Thank you, uh, Rabbi Schneier. Thank you for your prayers. I pray for you too, and may we all uh, live well together and have peace in the world. God bless you. and. God bless America. And John, Thank you so much. We are, we're all, it's the birthday of the world we're celebrating. So we are part of the human family. Each one of us are, with our differences, we're all part of the human family. And God bless you all. Thank you so much. Wow, how beautiful uh, to join us here, Rabbi Schneier. Of course, with his great appeal of Conscience Foundation and, and everything he, has he does. And a big dinner on Monday night celebrating uh, uh, Henry Kissinger's 100th wow. birthday. 
How beautiful is that? That is going to be one for the record books, John. What a beautiful, beautiful way, and especially kicking off UN General Assembly. Um, John, also joining us now, we have former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich. Uh, Mr. Speaker, this is Rita and John Katsimatidis. Great to have you on, and I know you want to talk about uh, impeachment and a whole bunch of other stuff. Take it away. Well, I just think that uh, we have a lot of things going on in Washington, and I was very impressed. The uh, Oversight and Accountability Committee released uh, 22 specific uh, examples of Vice President Biden working with his son on business deals. Uh, this, remember, this, this, is the, this is the guy who campaigned and said all during the campaign, oh, I didn't know anything about my son's business. I had nothing to do with it. I don't think he really made any money. Uh, well, we're, we're now gradually finding out that certainly there's enough that we it's legitimate to open up an impeachment inquiry and see what we learn. <clears throat> but it's pretty remarkable stuff. Where do you think it's going? And 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 do you think? How do you feel like with all the Hunter Biden stuff? Where do you see uh, the difference and sort of the tea leaves? Because boy, what an you, you have been in the throes of politics for so long, Speaker Gingrich. Uh, I mean, to see this moment of what's happening, and we are still more than a year away from the election. Well, I, I think that. In terms of President Biden, where it's going is that we're going to learn more and more. Uh, we now know they used the four different fake names uh, that he sent. The archive says, I think, 5,400 messages, uh, 5,400 that he sent from these fake names. We know in at least one case uh, that it clearly involved uh, business for his son. Uh, you know, and the, the questions, for example, uh, there's the, one of the things that the, the committee reported is that he took both Hunter and Hunter's business partner to Mexico on an official trip on Air Force Two. And the question I raised is, you know, did they pay for that? Uh, Hunter said he went to over 15 countries on business development flying on Air Force Two. Well, did the taxpayers pay for Hunter's business development or did Hunter? Uh, I mean, I think just a ton of questions. And I, that's why I think Speaker McCarthy was right not to go straight for impeachment <clears throat> but to go to an inquiry to uh, dig deeper and wider and, and find out what, what really happened. In, in, Newt, is this going to go anywhere or they're just going to play ping pong with each other? What do you think? I mean, uh, can it go somewhere? Well, look, I, no, look, I, I, one of the lessons I learned dealing with Bill Clinton is you have to develop the evidence in such a way that the American people decides what you're doing is right. I mean, Nancy Pelosi got two phony impeachments on Trump, but neither of them went anywhere. They both went to the Senate and immediately died because in the end they were just purely political. Uh, if uh, Chairman Comer and, and Chairman Jordan and Chairman Smith, the three committees that are digging into this, if they produce enough evidence that the average American says, you know, uh, this is so dangerous and he so clearly broke the law that he just can't stay as president, then I think they should move to impeach. But until they produce enough evidence that it convinces the American people, they ought to be very patient and very, you know, very deliberate and keep digging deeper and deeper. Oh, agreed. Agreed. Judge Weinberg. And uh, Mr. Speaker, I want to ask you this question. Much has been made that there wasn't a formal vote for this impeachment inquiry. The Democrats are making that noise. There wasn't a formal vote. But yet Nancy Pelosi, when she was speaker, did the very same thing that uh, – Speaker McCarthy, what are your thoughts on that? 
Well, my thought is that no Democrat complained when Nancy Pelosi set the precedent. I mean, she's the one who actually created the precedent. She did it twice, and she did it just using the power of the Speaker. So I think uh, I think Speaker McCarthy looked at that precedent and thought, you know, rather than put some of his uh, moderate members through having to vote on this, because, you know, there are people in districts uh, that, that uh, were carried by Biden, and they, they don't want to go out on a limb unless the evidence develops so that the people of their district are convinced it's the right thing to do. So he, he, he did exactly what Pelosi did. Democrats have no right to complain. Uh, and uh, I think we'll have to wait and see how this evolves. I, I've actually begun to broaden this out. I, I realized based on having uh, read Andy McCarthy's remarkable book, Ball of Collusion, which was written back in 2019, and then a book he wrote on the case for impeaching Obama, which came out in 2014, this is all much, much bigger than the Bidens. And so I've begun a series uh, at the American Spectator that people can see where I'm beginning to lay out, going all the way back to World War II and the communist penetration of the American government. You know, how, how did we get here? How, how do we have such a total mess and a constitutional crisis? And, you know, you now have the Democrats not just trying to keep Trump off the ticket, uh, but they're trying to keep no labels off the ticket. They're trying to, to, to block Robert Kennedy Jr. I mean, their attitude is that they don't want to have a free election where Biden might well lose. They want to somehow cleverly find a way to keep all the competitors from even competing. No, they have to win by hook or by crook. Otherwise, a lot of people are going to go to jail. The rule of law has been violated tremendously. Yeah, it's been yeah. unbelievable. Have you ever seen no. it like this, New? No. I've never it's, seen it's, it as bad. No, this is the biggest constitutional crisis since 1859, just before the Civil War. And and what you have is the rule of power replacing the rule of law. Now, I have been told, and I'll say up front that I, I have not had time yet today to, to, to verify this, but I was told by a very good lawyer earlier today that uh, they were very clever in the way that they've now indicted, they're planning to indict Hunter on these gun charges because they're basing it on a law which the Supreme Court has already said is unconstitutional. Yes, uh, now, if, if that's true, uh, that is trickery uh, beyond any reasonable standard. So you believe this is I, all a uh, ruse? Yeah, but <laughs> I am so disappointed. Uh, Professor Dershowitz, who we have on once or twice a week, has said that uh, Garrett uh, would, would make a great Supreme Court justice. Garland. About oh, Garland. Garland, Garland. Uh, yeah. uh, two years ago. Right. Was, could you imagine? Although he's saying now, wow, what a what a contrast! He hasn't been happy with the way he's been AG now, John. Well, I, I, look, I, I think I think that Merrick Garland got so bitter when uh, the Republicans blocked his becoming a, a uh, Supreme Court justice that he's so deeply, bitterly anti-Republican uh, that uh, he, you know, he he's in grave danger. We've only ever had one cabinet officer go to jail. Well, that was John Mitchell, who was the I attorney remember general that. for Nixon. And I think Merrick Garland may be. About to set the standard for being the second guy to do that. But uh, the stuff he's doing is yeah. so clearly obstruction of justice. In, in the studio with us, we have a, a common sense Democrat. We have Governor David Patterson. Uh, Governor, you have uh, anything to say? Well, good afternoon, Mr. Speaker. My thought is that the gun charges, whatever happens there, is really minor next to the allegations that you were making earlier in the conversation because that ropes in the vice president at the time if it's true, and really it makes it appear that the whole uh, presidency during that time was being politicized. 
Yeah, I think there's, I think that's exactly right. I mean, the big story is that Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton uh, were both corrupting and politicizing on a grand scale, and that you now have, um, you know, Biden came along. But Biden's corruption is to Hillary what Delaware is to Chicago. Um, uh, you know, I, I think the, <laughs> the, the, you know. And, and, That's uh, a good analogy. And, and she was from well, Chicago. Well, she, oh, she, oh, and so was Obama. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 look, I think the whole style of total disregard of the law, total radicalism, um, we are where we are today because these people have, over a long period of time, and in the series I'm doing at the American Spectator, I'm literally carrying us all the way through the 60s and the 70s and showing you how these patterns develop. And, and literally the lineage, the, the sort of person to person, the people who were weathermen in the in the 60s become Obama's supporters and his close friends. Uh, Newt Gingrich, uh, we have a minute left. What would you like to tell the American people on this uh, uh, long weekend to come? I'd like to tell them that uh, they should really have deep, deep faith that this country has had many challenges. We've come back every single time. We'll do it again this time. You know, don't despair. We may have to have some uh, very challenging uh, struggles, but I am absolutely confident that the American people will beat the machine and that we will, in fact, uh, restore the Constitution and the rule of law, and our children and grandchildren will have an even more amazing future. I pray you're yeah. correct. I Boy. pray you're correct. New, thank you. We love you. Thank, thank you, you for so being much. with us. Thank you. And, John, you spoke with, uh, Newt was just talking about the House Speaker. Kevin McCarthy just came back uh, from the G7. He was over there in Japan with yes, the Speaker's and he, Conference. And he called me. We had a good conversation. And we're going to play that conversation on Sunday. But I figured let's give a two-minute uh, preview a little to teaser. our Friday uh, listeners. What is today is the Speaker of the House. It is the third most important uh, position in the country. In other words, he's in the third position to become president of the United States if something happened to the president or or uh, the uh, uh, vice president. Uh, Mr. Speaker, uh, welcome to our show on this Sunday morning. And, and uh, so many things are happening in this world. Give us your priorities on on what is happening and how do we make our country go forward. And, and you tell us. Well, John, thank you for having me back on the show. I think one of the biggest critical things we have right now is just uh, this Biden economy where we've been battling inflation, and you've watched since Republicans took the majority be able to curve back on the spending. We've got to be able to win the Senate as well. But the other major factor that uh, Biden has done is destroyed our borders. So you New York is a long way from the Mexican border. It's closer to the, um, the Canadian border. But now you're you're seeing the problems and affecting the challenges here. And what Biden has done is opening up this border. People are coming from 160 different countries. They're bringing fentanyl. We caught more people on the terrorist watch list in February than we caught in that one month than we caught in the entire last four years. So we're really going to bat down here. We passed. A, it was our second biggest bill, H.R. 2, border security bill. We're right now in the middle of government funding. We're making it a big portion of what we're going through, trying to secure our borders to keep our country safe. And at the same time, curve back that spending that gave us the inflation. And in the wokeism that uh, this Biden administration has put into almost every element of government.
Very interesting. John, I can't wait to hear now, the whole conversation very, on Sunday. It's, it's a great uh, interview. The Cats Roundtable is going to be on between 8 o'clock in the morning and 10 on Sunday. Make sure you listen. It's, it's the number one show on Sunday morning. Absolutely. It's the best guest, other than this show, by the way. Other than the Cats. Right, Joe? No, this, is, no this, is, this is the show. Well, where, else, where, where else would you have someone announcing for the presidency, sitting right next to me, Governor David Patterson? Exactly. And by I'm the way, you notice what, what David is saying? He's moved to the center of the room now. I noticed. With his presidential I campaign. I offered to be his press secretary. I, I love I, the governor. I, I was sitting over on the left. I moved over to sit Central. in the chair of the great... Ed Cox, the chair of the Republican Party. So this is a new you know, day. I'm already putting the whole <laughs> movement together now. Now, now, Rita, before we go to a break, tell me what the hell is, is going on uh, over there at uh, uh, at the Roosevelt Hotel? I understand there was almost a riot. Oh my god, it was almost a riot. And in fact, later on, we're going to have also Ashley Moody to talk about what's going on in the border. She's the Attorney General of Florida, but in New York at the Roosevelt Hotel. Uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and a whole bunch of other Democrats came out. They were visiting the migrants at the Roosevelt Hotel, which is an intake center here in New York, the big one. And they came out to say, OK, we met with them. There were so many protesters saying, we don't want the migrants in our community. We're concerned about the shelters, shouting them down, drowning them down. I thought it was almost going to come to fists. And then there were migrants out there in the middle of it all. Uh, God, boy, this was, you couldn't even hear what the Democrats were saying. Governor well, Patterson? Well, uh, the fact that they were having this press conference, and this is, you know, for political organizing, a real mistake. When you announce two days before that you're going to do this, and everybody in the city knows it, it gave the protesters time to make signs and come over and and at points totally disrupt their rally. Yeah, and I think it's a sign of what's to come and just how angry. And it was a lot of moms and pops out there, too, you could tell, even though it was organized, but they were there like fit to be tied. Let's take a break right now and let's come back. I think Larry Kudlow is yep. going to be on. Let's take that break first. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. And we're back here on Cats and Cosby. Uh, so much going on in the economy. Also, the big auto workers strike, John. That is a huge deal. Uh, yes, went I'd like to, uh, with us today is uh, Larry Kudlow, the country's leading economist. And I'd love to hear from uh, Larry Kudlow uh, what the uh, auto workers uh, strike is going to do to the country. Uh, Larry? Well, look at, you know, uh, I may not agree with all their demands. But I think the auto workers, uh, they have a lot to bellyache about. I mean, for example, right now we're watching world oil prices march back to $100 a barrel. And we're watching gasoline prices march back to $4 a gallon. Inflation, all the inflation indexes uh, for August that came out were higher than expected. CPI, PPI, import prices. So... Real wages are falling because inflation is rising faster than wages. And the UAW does not have any cost of living adjustment. They have no COLAs going back to the car bailouts of 2009. And furthermore, Joe Biden has heaped 
whatever, $500 billion on electric vehicles, which is going to do great damage to all car workers, but particularly the union UAW workers. Uh, Biden shouldn't be doing this. There should be consumer choice. He shouldn't ban uh, gasoline cars. He shouldn't have stopped fossil fuels. He shouldn't let OPEC plus with Russia, Iran, Venezuela, and the Saudis. I mean, I think that the UAW people have a lot to complain about. I'm not, I don't necessarily agree with all their points, but I agree with many of their points. And who's going to stand up to the working man in this country? Who's going to stand up for the working man? Joe Biden says he's pro-union. Show me. Everything he's done has been anti-union and basically not just union organized labor. Anti-middle class. Folks everywhere. Yes. Anti-middle class. And, you know, the numbers came out from the Census Bureau, the poverty rates going up. So the lower income people are doing very badly under Joe Biden. I mean, Bidenflation, Bidenomics, Biden climate policy, all this stuff is out there. And the UAW is um, unhappy about it. I can't say that I blame them. Larry, you know, uh, if I was at the UAW, Ford Motor Company uh, lost four and a half billion dollars on electric vehicles last quarter. I understand yep. General Motors is close to that, three billion or maybe four. If they weren't losing so much money at the direction of of uh, President Biden, Washington for electric vehicles, maybe they could afford to give a raise. Yes, there you go. That's a very interesting point. Very interesting point. I mean, look, the fundamental point here is. American consumers and motorists should have a choice. The government should not say to them, you can't buy gas-powered cars in 10 years, all right? Because gas cars are still vastly more popular than electric cars, all right? That's an important point. But meanwhile, the inflation problem, I mean, look, since Biden took office, if you use February of 2021 as your base, the consumer price index is up 17%. All right. UAW wages are not up 17 percent because there's no cost of living adjustment. So I say, you know, they have a point. I mean, maybe they'll sit down and work this out. Uh, if, it's, if it's a full scale strike for all three companies uh, for three months or one quarter, it'll take two percent out of GDP and probably throw us into recession. Wow. So that's the wow. Bad part. That's and and we're oil going to a hundred dollars a barrel, ninety four dollars. Brent hit ninety four this afternoon. Yeah, uh, yeah. going to a hundred. Uh, Biden shutting down more of uh, uh, oil in Alaska instead of opening it up. I mean, you, I don't know if we should laugh or cry on this. Well, it's a huge mistake. Um, no more drilling in big parts of Alaska. No more drilling in big parts of the Gulf of Mexico. Of course, the United States makes the cleanest oil. And, of course, natural gas is a clean-burning fuel. They're against that, too. I mean, really, the craziness going on in Washington with these policies. I mean, he calls himself pro-union. He call, He's not pro-union. He's not pro-worker, okay? The elites are worried about a climate emergency. And even there, scientists are saying there is no emergency, right? We can transition with a balanced all-of-the-above policy over a period of maybe 40, 50 years. But the consequences of these policies are going to be very damaging. They've already started. And you're seeing a rebellion from the uh, – by the way, union activity has picked up enormously under Joe Biden. And one reason for that, again, is prices are rising faster than wages. 
Uh, Larry, uh, we've got a minute left. We, 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 we have to call in the American Petroleum Institute person, Mike uh, Summers. 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 Uh, anything great. else you want to say? He's great. <laughs> that, that'll do it for me. It's been a long week. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Have a good uh, weekend. Uh, uh, relax right. a little bit, and we'll catch up real soon. Thank you, Larry. Thank you. Appreciate Thank you. And now, uh, John, we do have a big guest talking about oil and gas. With us today is Mike Summers. He's the 15th Chief Executive Officer of the American Petroleum Institute. And so many things uh, are happening in petroleum uh, industry these days uh, between EVs, gas-powered cars, the price going up, price going down. Where the heck are we going? Uh, Mike, uh, John Katzmatini's here. What do you think? What's going on? Well, John, great to be with you. I'll tell you, it is it is a very volatile time within the industry, particularly because the Biden administration has decided to put forth a regulatory onslaught on American oil and gas. Uh, every every opportunity that they have to limit the amount of production that we have in the United States, they are taking. In fact, what I would argue is that everywhere they can cut off production, they are. Uh, specifically on federal lands and in federal waters, which they have direct control over. And the sad part is, is that's about 25% of American production. So everywhere they're doing this, this is leading to higher gas prices for American consumers. And honestly, it's also leading to instability throughout the world because the world depends on American oil and gas to power the rest of the world as well. And so what we're asking for is regulatory relief here so that American can, again, be the world leader in energy production. Well, North America, between Canada, Alaska, the United States, we uh, we have 100 years' worth of oil, at least, not counting the Arctic. And uh, the price of oil uh, uh, was down to uh, the 50s, 60s, and uh, our economy was doing great until President Biden decided to close off that pipeline and, and uh, restrict uh, and the EPA, too, restricting uh, certain uh, oil processes. And uh, and uh, what happens? The price goes to $100. And you know what I've said on television, on Fox 2, uh, Mike? A trillion dollars of wealth has moved from North America to Russia, China, and the OPEC nations. And we're making, we're making America and the American people poorer by doing this, by raising the price of gasoline, raising the price of food. Uh, what say you? Well, just yesterday, the Secretary of Energy, Jennifer Granholm, said that they're doing everything in their power to lower prices for American consumers. That's just flatly untrue. In fact, what they did just last week to cut off leases in uh, Alaska, an illegal move that was authorized by Congress, uh, leases and permits on federal lands are down 96% since this uh, this White House took over. Uh, they're uh, cutting off access to the Gulf of Mexico. Just three weeks ago, they cut off 6 million acres uh, of development in the Gulf of Mexico. Uh, again, 25% of American production is on federal lands and in federal waters, and they're doing everything they can to stop that production. And then in addition to that, they're putting new regulatory restrictions in place that are going to lead to more lost production if we're not careful. And then on top of that, they're talking about forcing Americans to buy cars that they just don't want. They're trying to do this forced electrification through uh, electric vehicles. Uh, in fact, they have a regula- regulation under consideration right now that would mandate 
that 70% of the cars in 2030 are EVs. And these cars are staying on the lots already. Americans aren't, don't want this technology right now. What they want is an internal combustion engine that they can depend on and they don't have to worry about where they're going to get their next charge. So at every opportunity they have to cut off American production, they're doing it. Mike Summers, thank you for everything you do. Continue to speak out and whatever help you need from us, uh, uh, you got it. And uh, we'll catch up again real soon. John, thanks for everything. Thanks for all your help that you're putting out there to make sure that we're getting these policies right. God bless you and God bless America. Have a great weekend. Wow. A very interesting conversation, John, uh, on such a key, key issue. And everybody, when we come back after the break, we're going to be talking to the Attorney General of Florida. Uh, They uncovered a secret memo about quotas for migrant releases in America. Wow. Stay tuned. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back on Katz and Cosby. Obviously, the migrant issue, huge everywhere. And Florida uncovered a secret plan about mass quotas for migrants. Uh, this is unbelievable. And joining us now is the Attorney General of Florida, Ashley Moody. Uh, Madam Attorney General, we love having you on the show. Uh, tell us about this sort of secret memo you uncovered, because this is really frightening, basically saying everybody uh, should be released, that there's not enough space at the end. And this is a huge concern across the country. Yeah, great to be with you, as always. Thank you for the invitation. And this is what Florida has been warning about for since Biden took office. We saw immediately that he was taking a wrecking ball to the border security, and we immediately started suing first when they started just releasing people here, illegally committing crimes and not deporting them back to their home country, serious crimes, felonies. And then when they just started opening up the border and mass releasing everyone into the country. And we said at the time, this will impact states and cities like you have never known. It will it will strain your services, your educational systems, your health care systems, your criminal justice systems. And New York, unfortunately, is now feeling what we were warning against as we were seeing the numbers escalate and escalate. And let me just put it in perspective for you. Even before they started demanding mass release quotas, because apparently Border Patrol cannot release enough people fast enough for this administration. But if you extrapolate out just the amount that they expect this month to be encountered, which does not include gotaways, which does not include the hundreds of thousands of people they're now flying directly into the U.S. under first time ever Biden created uh, express lanes into the country. At the end of Biden's first term, he would have encountered enough people. And remember, the majority are released into the interior, into cities like yours, states like yours. He would have released so many people that it would outsize the populations in every one of our states but six. 
every one of our states but six That's in his stunning. one term. Wow. It's historical. I mean, it's historic. And let me just say, this mass release quotas, they like to um, call it booking, uh, book out targets. That is a sugar-coated word for quotas. You have to release more, and if you don't, you're not living up to what we expect of you. And this is going to crush this nation in terms of the infrastructure that's set up. We don't have it. And who is going to pay for it? I think New York is seeing right now it's going to be the law-abiding, taxpaying citizens that are going to pay for this crushing, engineered influx of migrants into the country. And, you know, um, and uh, everybody, we're talking to Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody. Today, there was a big protest that took place outside the um, sort of the interim center. It's the Roosevelt Hotel. And the people, emotions are just, people are just frustrated. And they don't feel like they're they're having any control over it. Why are we making the American people suffer? You know, listen, we believe in, uh, we, we believe in immigration, but not this way. Right. It has to be vetted and, and this sort of uncontrolled and quotas to release. That's a frightening endeavor. Judge Weinberg, you have a question for the uh, attorney general. Ashley, welcome back. Great to be with you guys. So let me ask you this. When they have this mandatory release in terms of these quotas, do, is there any control about who these people are? Are there any background checks, health checks on these people? Or are they just released into the communities? Well, we know, and we've argued all along, there's little to no vetting. In fact, just in the last month, uh, one of these folks on the terrorist watch list was encountered and released. And you know where they ended up? Florida. We've had people here illegally shoot at cops. We have had people here illegally kill a deputy. We have had numerous people that have come over and made it into our state that are wreaking havoc. Now, we know not everybody wants to do that. We know that's not the intention. But the problem is the sheer volume that is coming over, and and the gotaways are very problematic. Just the number of those that were encountered since Biden took office, I believe it was 259 people on the terrorist watch list were encountered just since he took office with this mass influx. You know how many were encountered during the last administration that were on the terrorist watch list? Eleven the whole time. And so you can imagine the ones that are slipping through and getting into our cities and states, you know, we have never and seen we the said that, of this, you ever. Know, me and country. Rita and the judge and Governor Patterson in the office, we all live in New York. We said that on 9-11 on Monday, that one of these days, all these people coming through that border, one of them is going to do another 9-11. Yeah, and they, and they believe, um, we were talking to Mark Morgan, former uh, Customs and Border Protection Commissioner, you probably know this number, Madam Attorney General, that there's like 2 million gotaways since President Biden has taken office. That's in addition to the 7 million that you're even saying they don't even vet them. Uh, yeah, Gov- no, Governor yeah, the Patterson, you've got a question, too. Uh, Attorney General, my question goes back to what you said before. I was stunned by it, and it's the volume of people who are coming into the country, and you said that it uh, was greater than the state populations in this country, uh, with the exception of six can yes. you quantify that? Like, how many people is that? Yes, yeah, so we've already had six million. I'm just talking encountered. Again, I have to stress, this doesn't include the ones that are coming over. And that No, that's fine. Encounter. That's fine. So at this point, just at this point in Biden's administration, we have already encountered more people at the border. Again, the majority will be released into the interior that outsize the number of people in probably all but 20 of our states. 
So, you know, we're looking at over 6 million, close to 7 million people. If we keep going at the rate that we're looking at this month, we will have encountered um, enough people that would be, like I said before, uh, greater than all but six of our states. It's amazing. Adams, your mayor, I, I applaud him for being honest. He said that every service in your city will be impacted. Note he's already cut funding to your police. He said it's going to come to your neighborhoods, the city that we know we're about to lose. This is happening everywhere. The governor of, of uh, Massachusetts had to declare an emergency and call in the National Guard because of that migrant crisis. Now, look at Florida. We had a true natural disaster. FEMA funding, the Disaster Relief Fund, has gone to helping with this migrant crisis, so they've depleted it. You've got Florida and Hawaii that are really dealing with true natural disasters. And now you have Biden, what I call Biden-made disasters, in all of these other cities and states that are clamoring for disaster funding as well. We're trying to deal with natural disasters that are occurring. It is unbelievable. It is like suicide to this nation, and it is caused directly by this president's policy. Well, I was, I, I was telling, actually, I was telling uh, Newt Gingrich uh, before, I don't know if we should laugh or cry because it's, it's horrible what's going on. But uh, Attorney General Ashley Moody, thank you for calling in. Thank you for fighting hard for the American people. And we're going to catch up with you again real soon. Absolutely. Y'all have a great weekend. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. And I understand Dr. Michalos is on the phone, and he has a response to yesterday's conversation. He does. Uh, Big news on vitamin D. Dr. Michalos, fill us in. No, uh, basically it's just confirming uh, large-scale studies that have looked at uh, charts and medical records that the people who had higher vitamin D level had a much lower chance of ending up in the ICU or having more severe COVID. And it turns out that vitamin D is actually not a vitamin, it's a hormone, and it actually helps boost our immune system. And uh, it's popping up all over the peer-reviewed literature, and it explains why, for example, in Africa, where they have very high vitamin D levels, people are closer to the equator, they had uh, less of an issue. And uh, that's just an interesting study. But what really worries me more is the news about these magic mushrooms. And instead of DWI, we're going to be seeing a lot of DW high with this. That's a good line, though. Well, on WABC, you get all the good lines. Yeah, we get the good zingers from you. Right. And you get this condition where you basically go into another state of mind. You start seeing geometric figures. You start seeing different things. The psychiatry associations are very concerned about it because it's not regulated. And people are going to be getting this stuff over the counter. And it takes you on this psychedelic trip up to, you know, six to eight hours. And I'm worried people are going to get into cars. And I think we're going to see a lot of uh, problems with that. And also, I think some suicides where people think they can fly and so I think that if someone is experimenting with that stuff in states like Oregon, which is which it's legal, uh, Colorado is about to make it legal, and California is about to make it legal in 2024. So I think this is a big problem that, you know, we're, these are national security issues, in my opinion. Our young people, instead of being uh, ready to defend our country and defend our Constitution, we're going to have a bunch of people uh, driving around, you know, DW high and uh it's not. It's not a good thing, and also long term, what the effects. Hey, hey, what happens, uh, Peter? Uh, and there's no real test for it. Uh, uh, what happens when these guys are driving the uh, right. 24 wheelers and 22 wheelers 
uh, high on, on mushrooms or whatever, yeah, right? I mean, yeah, but, you know, but, it's a yeah, horrible absolutely. problem. I know, but we also have to say that there is a place for it. it. They have shown in studies that it can help people with depression, PTSD, people who have a severe anxiety about dying, end-of-life issues. But your point a is that control, setting, right, in a, a control setting. Yeah, it's just like that's the whole problem with the fentanyl thing. It's not the pharmacy that tells you 10 milligrams. You buy it from the corner store outside in the parking lot. It could be 50 milligrams of fentanyl. You take one little drop and then, you know, you're done. You stop breathing. So yes. it's yeah. not controlled. We don't have the doses controlled. So that's my concern. And Thank you. So, uh, Thank yeah. you, Dr. Peter Mijos. Thank you. And I just heard. By the way, can I just say how much I love Dr. Peter? Yeah, he was just the best stuff. I just heard from a friend that uh, our, our great senator, Alphonse D'Amato, is in, a, in the hospital with COVID. Oh, no. I, will you all pray for him? He's a good guy. Oh, he's a great guy. Oh, my goodness. Well, yeah. he's in our thoughts and prayers. Yes, Hopefully absolutely. he's going to be back on the show soon. We love him. Thank you, Dr. Okay. Peter Mihalos, and uh, let's all pray for uh, for Alphonse D'Amato. Yes. We will, and Shana Tova, and Happy New Year to all our listeners who celebrate. And we're waiting Thank for you, you to Happy blow the chauffeur. Yes, exactly. Did you hear it at the top? We had it at the top. Where is that sound again? Maybe we can uh, just, since we're talking about it. There it is. Thank you. All right. Let's go for a break, and then we come back. We're going to come back with Miranda Devine. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Cats and Cosby. What a wild week it has been on Capitol Hill. Obviously, a lot of bonding the Biden family. And joining us now is the great Miranda Devine. Uh, Miranda, fill us in on the latest. Hi there. How are you? Um, well, look, um, the, obviously the indictment is um, a big thing this week, um, as well as the impeachment inquiry getting underway and uh, the White House uh, sort of war room that they set up to tackle this impeachment drama um, came out with its first uh, offering this week uh, with their memo instructing the news media to attack Republicans and protect Joe Biden. Uh, Miranda, we just got some breaking news. Special counsel seeks narrowly tailored gag order against Trump. In other words, they want to make sure he keeps his mouth shut. <laughs> well, of course, yes. Well, good luck with that. And, and uh, Miranda, on the campaign trail, you've got the leading candidate on the GOP side, uh, and the guy who's like the most loquacious of everybody, and you're going to tell him to keep quiet. I mean, how does that work? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they have got Buckley's of doing that. So um, I, I don't know. What's, what are they threatening to do if he doesn't shut up? Well, they would. If you have a gag, Miranda, it's Richard Weinberg. If you have a gag order, theoretically, you can hold them in contempt for violating the gag order. But what I'm saying is, if right. you're a presidential candidate, you have the First Amendment right to, to campaign and to speak your mind. No judge in his or her right mind is going to uh, enforce either order that gag order or enforce it. 
And, but, you know, this is coming, as John was saying, from the special counsel asking this. So, I mean, what does that the say judge, about where they're going? Well, <laughs> listen, Jack Smith doesn't adhere to the basic rules of fairness or, or ethics. His whole career has been that way. Governor, any comment? Yeah. No. <laughs> Miranda? But, Miranda this, but, you know, this is indicative of how he's handled yeah. everything. Miranda, this is what I want to ask you. Everybody is saying what a big deal it is that you had the indictment under three gun charges. I've been saying all along, that's the shiny object. You should pay attention to the real deal. The real deal is the other matters, which is bribery, influence peddling, laundry, laundering of uh, money payments, uh, influencing public policy incorrectly because of those those money payments, tax evasion, and the statute of limitations for render are running or have run on a number of those issues. What do you think about that? Yeah, that's right. Look, I mean, they've, they've charged this because it's what they can charge in Delaware. It's really the only one they can, the gun charges, uh, because it happened there in Wilmington. Um, the other charges, they're reliant on other jurisdictions. Um, and as we know from Gary Shapley, the IRS whistleblower, they were denied the ability to charge previously in uh, Washington, D.C. and in California, both places where Hunter Biden lived at the time that he committed these alleged tax offences. And so now um, we understand from the filing that came from David Weiss's office uh, with the, the court in Delaware uh, that they are intending to go to another jurisdiction to um, press other charges. So um, I think we're expecting that there'll be something coming up in California uh, along the tax lines. Um, and uh, I, I think what we're seeing really, the, the subtext of all this, is a sea change in the way that David Weiss, the U.S. attorney in Delaware, um, is treating Hunter Biden now. Um, he's been treating, treating him with kid gloves, bending over backwards for his lawyers for five years. They let, as you mentioned, the statute of limitations run out on the 2014-2015 years, which were the most serious uh, years for Hunter Biden and the ones also that revolved around Ukraine, which is Joe Biden's greatest vulnerability. So uh, they're, they're left with not all that much now. But because Hunter Biden's lawyers um, concocted that plea deal with them that collapsed um, in, uh, in the Delaware court a couple of months ago, they've um, now Hunter Biden's lawyers are furious and they've been leaking um, negative material about David Weiss to the Politico and the New York Times. And uh, I think that that's just um, created a, a big rift between them, which, of course, there should always have been an adversarial relationship between the prosecutors and the defendant's lawyers. But uh, what we see now is that David Weiss, it, it seems, has just decided he's going to treat Hunter Biden like he should have from the beginning, like any other normal person. There's a new prosecutor that's been brought in called Leo Weiss, who's a bit of a pit bull. Um, he's replaced uh, the old team, including Leslie Wolf, who came in for a lot of criticism from the IRS whistleblowers Gary Shapley and Joseph Ziegler, because she was the one seemingly, they said, who was tipping off um, Hunter Biden's lawyers that they were going to do searches of his um, his locker. She was saying you can't go and uh, search a property on Joe Biden's estate where Hunter Biden had been living. Um, and also 
whether or not she was responsible for this, but certainly someone from Weiss's office tipped off uh, not only FBI headquarters, but also um, Joe Biden's transition team. Right, that, that was Gary insane. Shapley. That was insane. You know, Miranda, yeah. before we let you go, where do you think all the stuff is headed with Comer on the impeachment side? Because he keeps kind of saying, hey, we may be able to get some more uh, concrete information on the money. Where do you think that's headed on the impeachment angle? Well, that's why he wanted an impeachment inquiry, so that he has more weight and powers when he uh, goes to um, with his subpoenas and has to go to a court because the White House and the Bidens are fighting him tooth and nail. They have enormous firepower, the best lawyers money can buy, and they have been opposing, intimidating banks, etc. So he needs these extra powers. He also wants to be able to offer witnesses immunity, which he'll be able to do now. Um, so it's very important for his, um, you know, he, he's really the little engine that could. People are criticising them, uh, but they're really uh, fighting an uphill battle. Some of the activities from 2014 and 2015, Miranda, though they would be um, uh, inadmissible because of the statute of limitations, they could still be used in a whole examination of the president, right? Yes, that's exactly right. I mean, um, it's been explained to me, and you would know better than I do, um, that you could uh, reanimate those years by um, bringing a sort of a conspiracy charge on something else, which would then drag in, like, say, a Farrah violation would drag in um, those years. So I think they're not, the Bidens are not completely out of the woods yet. Well, Miranda, Miranda thank you. Have a great weekend. We thank love you, you and uh, we'll catch up again real soon. Thanks so much. Thank, thank you, you, Miranda. Always has some good and scoops. Hopefully, it'll be a no hurricane weekend. And what do we all stand for? Truth, Truth justice, justice, and the American, American way. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all-natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024.